overcoming barriers to active listening overcoming barriers to active listening overcoming barriers all right so there are several things that i would like to suggest about active listening and how to overcome these barriers uh, let me just go through the barriers one more one more time then we we, we continue we said some of the barriers are internal distractions which is personal thoughts and biases we also said uh, external distractions which is noise uh, in the environment we also talked about prejudgments and assumptions uh, we said uh, another barrier is lack of interest or engagement and we also talked about overemphasis on responding rather than listening those are the four, uh, five main barriers that we talked about. So today, overcoming those barriers and many other barriers, uh, the first thing that we have to do is to practice mindfulness. That's the first point, practice mindfulness. Uh, this is a technique, uh, mindset, uh, mindfulness is a technique that, uh, that helps in enhancing active listening uh, which we can apply so it helps someone become more aware of their thoughts and emotions uh, then by doing that it allows you to manage internal distractions and biases it helps you to become more aware this mindfulness meaning that you have the presence of mind your mind is there your mind is present, uh, your mind is connecting to your thoughts and to your emotions. So this is a first barrier to overcoming um, uh, uh, this, uh, I, um, sorry, this is a first thing to overcoming the barriers that we are talking about, mindfulness, okay? Then number two is environment management. Let me go back to mindfulness. One of the other ways of practicing this is to try your level best to have control over your thoughts uh, make sure that your thoughts are not controlling you but that you are controlling them uh, uh, you know there's a there's a someone i listened to some time back and there was this preacher who was saying that there was a debate in one of the meetings that he had uh, on whether we control our thoughts or our con our thoughts control us and many people uh, were of the opinion that our thoughts control us but there are few people who say no we control our thoughts and this popular opinion that our thoughts control us is one of the leading problems uh, when it comes to interpersonal skills because people do not think that they have the power or the strength to control the thoughts so mindfulness is the first place to begin to be able to control your thoughts. Number two is environment management. Environment management. Where you create a conducive environment or a conducive uh, listening environment uh, where you minimize external distractions. This can significantly improve focus on, on your message. 
okay so create a conducive environment and minimize external distractions if possible do away with them uh, if there's any challenge you're facing uh, from external communication or external distractions uh, do away with that particular distraction and learn to focus okay if you want to go to a place where you want to uh, to talk and you want to talk deeply uh, remove the phones uh, do away with the television or whatever that may bring a distraction number three open-mindedness open-mindedness being open to new perspectives and sub suspending judgment remember last time we talked about biases mental biases or confirmation biases so being open to new perspective and susp uh, suspending judgment until the speaker's message is fully understood. Now, this is not an easy thing. It's not easy to listen to someone with an open mind. And especially if what they are telling you is not very comfortable for you to hear. Maybe they are telling you some truths that you may not want to be told. But so they are, they are talking to about these truths and... I'm here telling you to practice open-mindedness, that you, you allow them to talk, that you allow them to, uh, you know, to finish their message. Sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes you feel like you want to interrupt and you want to say something uh, or you want to defend yourself. But you have to overcome these barriers uh, with open-mindedness. Then number four uh, is active engagement. Active engagement. Okay. This is where you demonstrate interest through nonverbal cues. Uh, this is where you maintain eye contact. Uh, you, 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 know, you maintain the, the, your body language begins to speak and to communicate that you are actually listening and you're actually engaged in this conversation. Most of the times uh, when, uh, as we said last time, most of the times when we are talking to people or when people are talking to us, we are usually uh, uh, trying to find a solution uh, so most of the times we try to, um, uh, to you know when we're talking to people and when people are talking back to us we are thinking of the next statement that we are about to make before we even listen to what these people are saying for example when someone is telling you something about yourself we are always thinking of how to respond and and this is one of the main uh, problems that that you know people face when it comes to developing effective interpersonal skills focus and and uh, eye contact is so critical in communication then number 5 is empathetic listening empathetic listening number 5 uh, empathetic listening this is where you try to understand the speaker's emotions and perspectives you try your level best to understand the speaker's uh, perspectives or emotions so that it is it enables you to enhance connection uh, with the person who is speaking so this is also very critical to to develop uh, you know empathy the ability to see uh, or to feel what the other person is saying. That is empathy. It's almost like saying the ability to put yourself in the other person's 
shoes if you are able to listen to this other person and you are able to put yourself in their shoes then you can connect with them then you can understand them and number six is postponing responses you postpone the responses this is where you allow the speaker to finish before formulating a response okay uh, i see this a lot in our parliament when when people are speaking over each other and it becomes like a shouting match allowing the speaker to finish before uh, formulating a response because then this uh, ensures that you fully understand the message before thinking about what to say before you think about your response the first thing that you have to do is to understand and I, and I said i see this a lot in our parliament where people speak over each other till it becomes like a shouting match everyone uh, you know wants to speak and everyone wants to say something about uh, so it becomes like an argument and and this is not good so if you're in an office space and you're talking to your boss or your boss is talking to you or you're talking to your colleague it's always wisdom to allow them to finish the uh, what whatever they are saying first and then once they do it then now you are able to process and respond to it okay so let's look at strategies uh, to enhance active listening some strategies that can assist in enhancing active listening so you're writing if you you're writing uh, uh you know uh topics this is an uh, this is a new topic strategies to enhance active listening okay now strategy uh, strategy number one so I'm going to give you several of them. Polepole, uh, to to polepole. So strategy number one is presence, presence, presence of mind, presence of body, presence of everything that you have. Uh, these are the foundational aspects of active listening. Are you present in that conversation? That's the first question that you have to ask yourself am i present in this conversation and you see uh, as i said listening in in today's world is not something nice people can listen and they they usually listen for like two minutes and after two minutes uh, or less there is a lot of distractions today there are phones there is cameras there's all this stuff that are coming up and so it's very difficult for people to focus on a conversation to focus on the other person to focus even on what they are saying i've seen people who have stood before other people and they stood on this pulpit or this platform and they were speaking but then immediately they lost their presence of mind they lost their presence of thought and so their thoughts are not organized they're speaking from this point to this point to that, that other point there is no organization Okay, and it's very easy to identify, uh, you know, lecturers or teachers or pastors or politicians who have uh, scattered thoughts. They are not organized. And so when you, when, you are, when you have a presence of mind and your presence and your thoughts are in the conversation, you're able to pick out, 
this confusion. So focus your attention on the speaker. And as a speaker, also avoid uh, distractions. And you always maintain uh, eye contact. Avoid distractions and maintain eye contact. Okay? And so that's point number one, strategy. So the question is, how do I practice this? And I'll give you a very practical example. Take your phone, for example, some, uh, you know, at your own time and go into a, a silent room and then time yourself and focus on one thing for two minutes or three minutes or five minutes. Just however time you want to stretch. Uh, probably take a book and say, now I want to read this book and I want to focus and time yourself. And then you focus on that book and you read it for that five minutes non-stop and see how it will work. Another strategy I want to give you is what we call the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you are, you're familiar with it, but it's, it's a, one of the most beautiful techniques that I came across some years back and I use it and it works perfectly. The Pomodoro technique. Uh, you can also buy a book uh, that is called the same, the, the same name, the Pomodoro Technique. And this technique is so interesting because this is what it, uh, it teaches. You divide your time. Um, uh, if you're having a conversation or whatever work you're doing. So this is now, I've diverted Kidogo to productivity because now I'm talking about Pomodoro Technique, which we really, it's not really a, a topic under interpersonal skills. So this, we can say this is a bonus, but... Uh, it talks about uh, where you divide your time and you divide your tasks. And for every task, so the, the author suggests that for every task that you do, commit at least a minimum of 25 minutes of total complete focus on that one particular task. A minimum of 25 minutes, total complete focus, no distractions, no nothing and focus yourself on that task and then after the 25 minutes give yourself a five minute break immediately after the 25 minutes give yourself five minute break so what you have is you have your phone uh, the the word pomodoro comes from tomatoes uh, i think in italy it's italian uh, there is this little watch that looks like a tomato watch and so you time yourself with your phone or with an alarm clock for 25 minutes and you start working and you focus on that task for 25 minutes. Then you take a break and you time yourself five minute break. Then you come back again immediately after the five minutes. You come back again and focus either on the same task or on a new task, depending on what you really want and or on a new task. And then you do the same thing 25 minutes take five minute break, come back again, another 25 minutes, take five minute break and come again and do that four times. So you have uh, 25 minutes times four. Uh, but for every 25 minutes, there's a break of five minutes. You will begin to see that there is an increase in your productivity. There is an increase in your presence when it comes to you focusing on particular things. You will begin to ex uh, experience your mind being stretched and opening up. And even your brain will begin to function better because now it's not, uh, then uh, you, you have eliminated the things that compete 
for your brain's attention and now you have structured you're structuring your brain so if it's reading and you want to read uh, a particular portion of a book you give yourself 25 minutes you focus on that book and you read it then take a break then come back again in another 25 minutes and do it and take a break and go again another 25 minutes you keep doing that during the day and you will find that you no longer have you know after a while of consistency you no longer have a problem of procrastination you don't have workload on your table you don't have uh, you know in your office there's nothing that is lacking, lagging behind and this will also interpret to concentration when you're talking to people or when people are talking to you when you're interacting with people you will begin to have this focus uh, that be because your brain is already trained to it okay then another book i would like to uh, recommend that you buy and read is a book that is famous uh, that is called atomic habits okay by james clear atomic habits uh, this is a book that came um uh, you know, it was released, I think, a year or two ago, and it's a brilliant book. One of the best books uh, that I've ever read. And I'm trying to think, there's another one. I'm trying to think what is called uh, The Power of Habit. The Power of Habit. So you get those two books and you begin to develop uh, habits and to replace habits, especially when it comes to interactions people interactions you stop locking out people but then you allow people to come into your life but at the same time you learn how to relate to people in the office environment so point strategy number one is presence uh, strategy number two is paraphrasing and summarizing uh, strategy number two is paraphrasing and summarizing so what you do when you're speaking and when, and when you're listening to someone, uh, the idea that this whole paraphrasing and summarizing is to repeat to the speaker the main points using your own words, okay? Uh, to repeat to the speaker the main points using your own words. Uh, that is so critical because then you're able to ask, um, uh, is this what you are saying if i understand correctly you use those kind of words uh, is this what you're saying or so you are saying uh, that i should one two three so you repeat it in your own words don't repeat um what the person is saying because then it will look like you are parroting them or you're just repeating words uh, for what uh, for just for the sake of it uh, you need to repeat it according to how you understand it and then ask for that clarification and if he says yes or she says yes then you keep you keep talking or you keep listening so communication is key for interpersonal skills then number three uh, number three strategy ask open-ended questions ask open-ended questions Okay, the kind of questions that cannot be answered with yes, no, yes, no, but they require more elaboration. Okay, so we begin with questions like what, how, tell me about, 
or describe for me the situation. Encourage, so encourage the speaker to share their thoughts, their feelings, or the experiences that they're going through. So remember, this is a role you're playing. You're playing this role as a listener. In this case, someone is talking to you and you're listening to them. And so you are encouraging them. You are asking them. Uh, uh, when they speak, you you keep asking these questions. Uh, what about this? How did you manage to do this? Uh, you know, not yes, no, I understand. Okay, that one, you're blocking them. You are blocking people. And you see, when you block people, uh, the way to block people is very easy. You respond by, you know, one line or one word answers. Uh, so will you eat something? No. Will you drink something? No. Okay. Uh, you want to go out? Yes. So there is no conversation. You are not opening, opening it up. But if you want to develop good skills with people, open up these conversations. Okay. Then number four strategy, reflecting feelings and emotions. Reflecting feelings and emotions. Uh, this is where you say, oh, I can imagine, I can imagine how painful that has been. Uh, you know, I can imagine uh, how glad you are that this is happening. Uh, and then you say, it sounds like you're feeling hurt. It sounds like you're feeling, uh, you know, so you are, you're, able, you're expressing. And what you're doing is you're trying to identify the emotions that the speaker is expressing. So you're giving them this. Uh, so what you're doing is when they listen, when they're talking to you and they see you responding that way, you are giving them the affirmation, that connection. And they're like, oh, you really understand me. Okay. So one of the things to avoid is to minimize or dismiss the speaker's emotions. I don't know whether you have been at a place where someone brought a problem to you and to you, uh, this problem looks like uh, th there's really no problem. It's just uh, something that is happening and, and it will pass. So it's not a problem. But for this person who is expressing it, it's a huge problem. It looks like a mountain to them. Uh, to you, there is nothing. It's not even a mountain. It's nothing. So for you to develop, if you want to develop very nice, uh, good communication, uh, interpersonal skills, is do not dismiss it. Do not minimize it. In fact, put yourself in their shoes and begin to look at it as a mountain. And once you do that, they, you feel, they feel connected to you. So then you talk and, and listen and talk and listen and talk and listen as you keep asking these questions. Number five strategy, avoid interrupting or rushing to respond. Avoid interrupting or rushing to respond. So you've got to resist this urge to interrupt, uh, you know, or immediately respond. Um, you know, just take your time. Take your time. You know, recently, uh, there's a friend of mine that I've been looking for, for, for like a while, a, a month or two. So I've been calling him. He's not responding. Uh, I text him, he responds with one word, two words. And so I got concerned. So I kept insisting and I kept, you know, calling and texting. Uh, because, you know, nowadays, you don't, when people go quiet on you, uh, you don't just sit back because uh, you don't know what they're going through. And so eventually I got, I got him and he sounded uh, a bit angry that I was 
you know, pestering him with phone calls and, and messages. And I told him, but you went quiet and, and, you know, you didn't talk to me. So he's saying, oh, I needed space. Then I tell him, okay, I understand that. And you could have told me that you need space. Uh, and so even as I'm talking, he just, uh, you know, uh, switch, uh, switches off his phone. And I'm left there talking to myself. And I said, oh, God, so what do I do? So I call him back and he doesn't pick my calls. So I felt angry and I felt uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, clearly disrespect. But then I was about to respond and I said, no, no, let me, you know, let me stay quiet. Let me relax. So I stayed quiet for like 30, 35, 40 minutes. And eventually I sent him a text and I said, oh, it's good to, to know that you're doing well. I'm glad you're okay. And that was it. And so my emotions would have, uh, you know, overridden my, my judgment or my soberness if I had responded earlier. If I responded immediately, I would not have responded very nicely or very kindly. But then I allowed it. I allowed this whole thing to, you know, to just rest and, and relax. And after that, I responded. So he hasn't responded till now, but uh, I'm just there. So I'm not offended. But at the same time, I am concerned. So avoid the rush to respond because sometimes you can respond and say things that you will spend the rest of your life trying to take back. Uh, even for couples or for parents or for whatever situation you're in, don't rush to respond. I have seen people who have said things in a moment of anger and they ended up regretting what they said and trying to amend or make up for it for a very, very long time. Some marriages are still in turmoil because of words that were spoken years ago. People still remember the, the bad stuff that was said in moments of anger or moments of disappointment. So it's important, uh, you know, to pull back and to just relax. Uh, it's also important to give the speaker time to finish uh, whatever they are saying. So avoid interrupting and at the same time, do not rush to respond. Uh, number six, provide feedback and validation. Provide feedback and validation. Okay, so let them know that you understand. You know, use words like, I understand. Use words like, ah, that makes sense. Or I can see why you would feel that way. Sometimes you say these words even if you don't mean them. Even if you don't really believe that they should feel the way they are feeling, but you are acknowledging their pain, you are acknowledging their situation, you are acknowledging the place that they are at in their lives. Because in this life, you never really know where someone is at and you really never know where they are coming from. So sometimes people may react, they may respond, uh, but then or they, they may share things that you didn't expect them to share. So express your way. Express yourself by saying, I understand. That makes sense. I can see why you would feel that way. And I understand why you would do that way. Now, one of the things that I've realized is that when someone comes to us and they're sharing uh, some, some challenges that they're facing, they challenge that we have is we immediately jump 
into a problem solving mode we start giving them advice we start telling them why don't you do this why don't you do that why don't you solve this and i notice that in so many men when their wives come to them and they tell them uh, the challenges they are facing and as men we put up uh, you know this fix mr fix it all and we start suggesting uh, solutions and at, this, at that time this person who's come to you doesn't need solutions sometimes all that these people need is just to be listened to and this is the challenge that, that we are facing so we have to learn this and I also noticed that when people come to you with a problem they already have a solution so don't jump into problem solving listen to them after the whole thing ask them so what do you plan to do most of them will say i don't know and then you begin to walk with them so tell them oh okay you know this situation is not easy uh why don't you come up with uh do you have something you know diff two solutions three solutions maybe that we could evaluate okay so focus on acknowledging the speaker's viewpoint when they are when they're talking to you and this is also emphasized a lot uh, in the book How to Win Friends and Influence People uh, by Dale Carnegie, especially the first, first chapters where he, he says, do not criticize. Do your best not to criticize someone, but instead find out something good in them and affirm that. Avoid criticism okay so get that book read it it will be of great great help then let's look at the next subtopic developing empathetic listening skills how do we develop empathy and especially when it comes to listening because as i said not everything is as it seems even in the news when you watch the news not everything is as is at seems um, we don't see things as they are we see things as we are and that's a fact uh, so for us to see things differently we must change who we are we must take out the googles of ourselves and begin to see things uh, from the other person's perspective okay developing empathetic listening skills Empathy is a communication skill uh, and this communication skill involves uh, understanding and connecting with emotions, thoughts and perspectives of, of, uh, of, the, of a person. Okay, empathy, being empathetic, especially in terms of listening. This is a crucial communication skill. It involves understanding and connecting with emotions, thoughts and perspectives of the other person. Or the person that you're speaking to or that is speaking to you okay so this word uh, just goes beyond hearing uh, words okay so let me give you some skills that will be very very valuable um, in your interpersonal relationships number one uh, even uh, as you develop empathy number one put yourself in the speaker's shoes this is easier said than done. Put yourself in the speaker's shoe. This is easier said. And I've had people say, oh, why don't you put yourself in their shoes? Sometimes you cannot know uh, 
how to be in their shoes until you have actually been in their shoes okay someone says that the eye that understands pain is the eye that has cried from pain it is very difficult to understand the pain of someone else if you've never been through the same pain but that doesn't mean that you cannot put yourself in their shoes. You may not feel the pain, but you could be empathetic towards them. So understanding, so two things under putting yourself under someone's shoes is understanding perspective. Okay? Always begin by trying to understand their point of view. So which means you must cast away your biases, confirmation biases, judgment biases, assumption biases, all these things. The first thing that you have to do is to keep them, uh, you know, to, to do away with them and listen to understand, not to correct. Let me repeat that. Listen to understand, not to correct. The second thing that you have to do is imagine their experience. You may not have gone through the experience, but you can imagine their experience. We have been given the gift of imagination. This is where you consider their emotions, their background, their experiences. Uh, recently, I was watching something uh, uh, on, on YouTube about this lady who was saying how she rescued some children from a violent, abusive father. And, and these kids, uh, there were three of them, and they, one of them had been raped by the father, the others had been brutally beaten by the father, and it took a lot of courage for this uh, woman to rescue these children. And the, the, when she took them to her home, uh, she was supposed to take them for uh, like a week, and then uh, she, she takes them to a children's home. But then her children, I think one or two children that she had, of her own children, they say to her, no, let's stay with them. Let's adopt them. Let them become ours. Because we are uh, because um, when, when these kids, her own kids, imagined what the other children had to go through, they put themselves in their shoes and they were like, we don't want to, uh, you know, these children to go through the same things. Then these children, the ones who had been abused, uh, kept asking for the whole week, are we going back to our dad because our father because we don't want to go back? Where where will you take us? You know, and so this woman was empathetic and she eventually adopted these children. So sometimes you may not have gone through a, a situation, but you can imagine how painful or how hard a situation can be. There are people who have never gone through financial difficulties. They have never lacked bus fare. But then you can imagine someone who doesn't have bus fare. In fact, for you to do that, it's so easy. You just imagine yourself without it. Imagine yourself not being able to go and treat yourself uh, in a restaurant, in a good restaurant, because there are people who cannot do that. That is how empathy starts. That is how you are able to listen to someone else who is in need, and then you respond in kind. You respond kindly to them, and you bless them. 
you give them some money you give them some food by being empathetic you know sometimes i look at the hawkers in the city and and you're driving maybe or in your matatu and they come you know selling uh, peanuts or whatever it is they're selling and these people have been walking the whole day uh, moving between uh, uh, you know along the roads trying to sell trying to make uh, their uh, you know their home uh, to provide for their children and sometimes they get empathetic but you see now in Kenya we are filled with a culture of suspicion we are always suspecting that this person is up to no good and i agree there are those who are not uh, you know to be trusted and i'm not saying that you trust everyone i'm just saying be empathetic to uh, you know to people learn how to listen to them how to understand them how to hear them and also how to respond or act or take action for their benefit okay and so uh, uh, so that's number one number two is uh, number two uh, how to develop empathetic listening skills is recognizing and validating emotions you have to recognize and validate emotions okay so as an empathetic listener you pay attention to the emotional cues as because you are the one uh, who is developing and developed uh, you have developed interpersonal skills so you are able to listen to the speaker you are able to understand the emotional cues the tone of voice the facial expressions the body language the words they choose you see if you work um, you know there are some organizations that i know that are very very uh, you know tough when it comes to words what is like you have to be very careful what you are saying how you are saying it and when you are reading you have to know every word especially in the banking industry if you've worked in the banking industry you understand that every word has a meaning and every word needs to be interpreted correctly because if you misinterpret it it could mean the loss of a huge amount of money and you don't want to be you know billed for that so you you begin to learn word by word you read documents word by word you don't peruse Uh, staff you are very keen you have presence of mind in that and that's what is needed when it comes to uh, you know recognizing and validating emotions and as i said this august uh, september i'm doing an emotional intelligence class so i will go deeper into this then point one that's point one you have to have recognize and validate emotions under that point one is emotional awareness and number two is validation okay the emotional awareness and validation under recognizing and validating emotions so when you validate uh, or validating emotions it means acknowledging and accepting the speaker's feelings without judgment it means acknowledging and accepting the speaker's feelings without judgment so you don't have to agree with them but you acknowledge their right to feel the way they are feeling you don't have to agree but you acknowledge okay all right so then number three is 
showing empathy through words and gestures showing empathy through words and gestures is it gestures or gestures well it just depends where someone comes from showing empathy through words and gestures okay under this uh, let's look at four things one active listening i think i've uh, really talked about it so i wouldn't i won't go on and you know to explain it so active listening is one under showing empathy through words and gestures number two reflective responses reflective responses so we go back to what uh, you know we talked about it sounds like you're feeling frustrated because so you are reflecting your responses are reflecting to this uh, to this person number three empathetic language Empath empathetic language <laughs> you know don't be like a, a pastor or some pastors i know uh, when you take their troubles to them like there is this one particular case of this guy and he had a problem uh, in his marriage and so he goes to see his pastor and so he begins to explain this problem uh, to this pastor and so he says you know pastor my wife uh, is doing one two three and the pastor was not empathetic and so he's saying yeah that is how women are nowadays you know and, and i'm listening i'm like hi my friend and so the guy you know first is shocked then he continues to say you know pastor uh my wife did one two three she said and, and the and the pastor goes yeah that's that's women for you you have to get used to it you know and i felt this pastor was not empathetic <laughs> with the situation of this guy uh, because what the kind of responses he was giving was not correct they were not right and so there was no empathy at all <laughs> and and i can tell you the man left there so wounded uh, he was more wounded that the pastor was not empathetic than he was actually wounded by the by his wife you know or another case where the uh, this this gentleman has a problem with the landlord and and so uh, his house you know they are having issues with the landlord because there are some things that are broken in his house and he wants them fixed but the landlord is you know a kamkora and so uh, he goes to his pastor and shares that and, and the pastor tells him no you just need to shift there's no two way that landlord cannot help you and so uh, the guy decides okay let me follow my pastor's advice and he decides to shift but then the landlord refuses this guy to shift and says you have to pay rent at uh, a half month you know and so it becomes a huge problem and the pastor is not really helping this guy and so eventually the guy has to part with some money and he goes gets another house and after he's done all that uh, he comes and you know tells the pastor i have shifted and everything is okay and the pastor goes like oh you should have told me you should have told me. because now the guy shared and said uh, you know i shifted but i had to pay him half month what what and the pastor is like oh you should have told me earlier you know this landlord is my friend i, I could have talked to him and I'm looking at this, you know, listening to that story. I'm like, what? Uh, why didn't this pastor speak when, you know, when I, so this man is asking himself, why didn't he tell me or speak to my landlord when I told him that I had trouble if indeed they are friends? 
so these are kind of, you know situations where someone is not empathetic at all about the the things that you're going through and so we must express ourselves as active listeners as empathetic listeners we must express ourselves with empathy and and, and uh, empathetic to the situations that these people are going through that is so important to build up interpersonal skills people will feel like you understand them people will feel like you are hearing them and eventually they will begin to have uh, confidence in you and then number four is nonverbal gestures nonverbal gestures cues uh, such as uh, you know sympathetic smile or gentle nod this can demonstrate your emotional support without words there are people sometimes who prefer uh, you know to be prayed for so that they, then you're able to see so that they're able to see that this person is with you uh, then number four creating uh, a safe space for open expression create a safe space for open expression if you're especially in, in a work group in a church group or in any group uh, always make sure that you create this space uh, so number one non-judgmental attitude a space that is not judgmental it avoids criticism and belittling the speaker's thoughts and feelings even if you disagree with this person the problem they are facing is big and it is their problem so create a non-judgmental uh, you know sorry a space that has no judgment number two respectful environment this is where the speaker feels safe to express themselves uh, sometimes managers come to me or, or leaders of companies, they come to me and they tell me, I have an open door policy in my, in my office and in my organization, but no one is taking advantage of this open door policy. And, and usually the problem is not really the, prob, uh, the open door policy. The problem is lack of confidentiality. People feel like though this person the ceo has an open door policy there is a way whatever is said in that office never stays in that office so they are afraid of being ridiculed or being dismissed uh, for opening up and so there are environments that people can't even express themselves there's one huge organization in kenya i know it's an it's a multinational company that i know a few people who work there and they are constantly under pressure constantly under stress and they are some of them are getting sick uh, you know ulcers and blood pressure and what uh, and they're going to hospitals almost every week in and out of hospitals they don't even get permission to go to hospitals on weekdays they have to get time on sundays and go to hospitals and even at that time they are still being uh, you know calls are still being made and this is an environment that is not very safe so i try to listen to them i have advised some of them to see therapists professional therapists because they need it and so these are this is not a respectful environment this is where this kind of environment is where people use your bad situation to elevate themselves or to uh, 
to climb the ladder. So they use their weakness, your weakness. They use your challenges. They use your problem for themselves. So if you, have, if you express yourself and you say, I have a problem, they use that to fight you know, corporate politics or office politics. And they use that to say that you're unable to do the job and they get promoted. So these environments are difficult. When you're a leader, create a safe space for open expression. And then avoid interrupting. Avoid interrupting. Uh, allow the, the speaker to speak. I think we've covered that in depth. And number four, patience and time. Be patient and give people time to open up fully. Patience. Let me tell you, there is great power in patience. Waiting. You know, sometimes I watch uh, wildlife and I know that you watch uh, some, maybe on YouTube, uh, television, wherever. But one of the key aspects of hunting is patience. One of the advantages that uh, these uh, animals have, the lions or the cheetahs or the leopards, is patience. But one animal that I know is really gifted in patience is the hyena. The hyena can wait for meat to fall and can stay there and be so patient and just wait and wait and wait until the meat falls from the, uh, from the tree where the leopard has placed it. And so patience is not something that we have, many of us as human beings. But if we practice patience with people, uh, listening patiently, waiting, bidding our time, then we will find what we want. And you see, in leadership, uh, this is a critical element of, of good leadership or brilliant leadership. Patience. Just wait. Eventually, whatever you are patient about will come. But then in the world we live in, things are moving so fast. Uh, you know, you are told to push to push yourself so that you are able to move up the ladder quickly, uh, you're able to move up the ladder. You know, they, they tell you to push and push and push. But in truth, patience at the end of it all pays.